1: Happy Wednesday, everybody. <laughs> Even though this is coming out on Friday, Larry is being lazy and doesn't want to edit it in the evening. My bad. Welcome to another thrilling episode of Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, Tim Wurzberger, and Larry Lawrence Taylor. Yes. What's your last name, Larry Lynch? Lynch Lawrence Lynch. Larry Legend. Larry the Legend Lawrence Lynch. Yes, I love it. Double L. <laughs> they say people who have the same consonants or letters to on both names are more successful.
0: Hmm. Well, I can't wait for that to happen. <laughs>
1: but no, I, I did see that somewhere. I read that somewhere, like Billy Bean or Larry Lynch or another name with the same letters. But what? What another? Ex- or there was a game seven. There's a so game, a game seven. seven. Yeah, Dallas, St. Louis. There's another game seven tonight, which is Wednesday. And there is a start of a new series on Friday. Thursday. Thursday. Yep. And this episode's getting dropped Friday. Oh, Larry. I'm sorry, my listeners. We need to do a daily one, I think. Get live with it and get people calling in. We've got the equipment to do it. We have the technology. I don't know if I could come every day. We'll see. It'd <laughs> be bad. You don't do anything. I don't. You're free. I had to. So today was Bike Your Kid to School Day, Nash, Nationwide, and I biked my girls to school today. It was, in, but we couldn't bike directly to school because their school did like a caravan, so we had to drive and meet everybody at a park and then bike in. So I had to drive in the morning at like seven park, wait for the caravan, and then bike to school. And I biked a lot further than my house was from the school. And I had the only pre-K student, and she's only five, and we really, really lagged behind everybody. So everyone got to school at like 8.15, and we didn't get to it like 8.35 because we were just so slow. Because yesterday, Gabriella... I was sanding my deck because it's springtime. You're getting stuff ready for the summer. So I'm sanding off my front porch and I see my girls playing and I see Gabriella riding Ava's bike with no training wheels. And the next thing I know, they're coming over. Can you take off Gabriella's training wheels? So I took her training wheels off yesterday and then we do this big bike ride today. The and day before. The the day before she learned how to ride a bike with no training wheels. And so we did half the bike with no training wheels and like went into a couple of ditches and took it really slow. Then I put the training wheels on halfway through and she finished the race. So it was a good uh it was a good morning. It's
2: so a good warm-up for your uh your race in a couple of months, right?
1: Oh my word. I was actually talk so for those of you who don't know, I'm gonna talk about my own life for a little bit here. We can get back to hockey. I signed up for a half iron man Five months ago, six months ago, Larry's shaking I his head. He doesn't know. No, I'm date. just
0: shocked that you have it and like you have no time to get ready for it.
1: And with the full intention of this is my mark, I need to get in shape because I, I've noticed I'm getting a little soft, not soft, just out of shape. And I was like, OK, sign up for the Ironman and that's going to spur you to get active and get out there and do it. And I was in bed with my wife last night and we we're just chatting. And I was like, "Just, I just told her, I'm like, I'm getting nervous about this iron man. And I don't usually divulge this cause I'm a proud person. I don't like to bear my feelings or I'm like, man, I am starting to get nervous. I, 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 I haven't done much, if anything at all. I think I've gone on one little run around the neighborhood. I had shin splints for three days afterwards. <laughs> and I've done a couple Rowing exercises. My, ba- I have a rowing machine that collects dust, and I rowed a couple times. And she goes, "Well, you know, what if I just sell it? Because you can put it up on Facebook or whatever, and you can sell your entrance entry. Because the Iron Man sold out. It was the fastest sellout in the history of Iron Man. It sold out like in forty-five minutes. And I thought on it, and I, just, I just went back and forth, and I said, No, I'm doing it. We have to go forward with it." And yeah, so what's your longest
0: like training so far? Like your longest run or bike ride? I have the numbers in front of me. You have the numbers of like what you have to do for this race.
1: The longest run I did was the one around the neighborhood. It was about a ten minute run. Okay. It was probably a half a mile, but very hilly, Mm -hmm. very hilly. And then my longest bike was this morning with my daughter (laughs) for two and a half miles. (laughs) Not even a workout. (laughs) Two and a half miles, but our average speed was probably one mile an hour. (laughs) And then the longest swim uh, is NA. I have not swam yet.
0: So for anyone who doesn't know, it's a mile uh, or 1.2 miles of swimming, 56 miles of bike riding, and then 13.1 miles of a run. I feel
2: like you're not nearly nervous enough.
1: I know. (laughs) I feel like I'm... I'm way overconfident.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it's really hit you how long and hard this is going to be.
1: I just told, (laughs) I just told my wife last night, I said, if I can get past a swim, I'll be fine. Like as long as I can make it out of the water, because she looked over at me and she goes, I just don't want to tell the kids and break it to them that their dad failed and did not make it out of the water. Oh, she's good. She's good. And I'm like, you know what? I have that fear too. And so I figure if I can get it out of the water, if I can make that beach like the beaches of Normandy, <laughs> Mr. Tim yeah, Nazi you propaganda, have
2: Fifty-six miles of biking right after that. You're Easy.
1: So I tired. can just relax. <laughs> okay. You don't have to bike hard. I'm not trying to break a record. I just nice. And how long does 56 miles take the bike at a leisurely rate?
0: I did a 15 mile bike race this weekend and it took me like an hour 20. So,
1: so. a 56 mile bike should take me two and a half hours.
0: Actually, mine was a mountain bike and yours is road. So it'll road be bike. a little faster. I
1: think uh, 56 miles, if I'm going on a decent clip, three, four, four hours, three hours. Call yeah. it
2: three. And then you got to run 13 at the end of it.
1: I've never the longest run I've done in my life was in college when we would run the three mile wow. for testing. And I would always come dead last and end up walking around the track because I absolutely loathe running. I don't like it. So I just figure I once I does. get to the run, you're already committed, and you're just like, "Let's go, let's do it." I'm, I'm I'm hoping for a boost of adrenaline, euphoric waves of like, "Let's finish this." You're an Iron Man, and I'm just going to do it.
2: I kind of respect it. That's just the confidence oh, yeah. that it takes to be a
0: pro athlete, right? I, I was going to yeah. say, like, I mean, of anyone at this table who could do it, it's probably you. As I'm <laughs> sipping
1: an all-day IPA Founders <laughs> and have yeah. not trained whatsoever. I'm hoping that when it gets a little warmer, I'm going to buy a wetsuit. I need to buy running shoes, and I'm going to really amp up my training. Hell yeah. I have to tape up my handlebars on my bike because right now it's just the bar, and it really is painful when I bike on it. Oh, and I John. need to know if I should get the bullhorns like for your elbow. I don't know what they're called. Yeah, I know what you mean. And so you can lean over on your elbows, or if I just get the ones on the side, or those are bullhorns. The ones attachments to your handlebars to make it easier to ride. I don't know what to get.
0: The the first the horns, and then you got the little brakes up here. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I don't know if I should get a. What was I just going to say? I lost my train of thought.
0: Talk about grips, handlebar, or oh wait, you were gonna? Is it about your floating suit you want to make? Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> so. My you're allowed to wear a wetsuit. And I was thinking about sewing in a piece of styrofoam on the inside of my wetsuit or gluing it in just so I'm more buoyant because I'm going to be in the Clydesdale category, Mm. which I don't know the parameters, but I'm sure it's above for
0: my race. Like I could have done Clydesdale. Like I, I mean, obviously Larry's a big guy. Like he's (laughs) six, five,
1: two, what, how freaking Jack? Yeah. He's a big boy, but no, I think the Clydesdale is like six, three and over two fifty. Oh yeah, 230? 230. Like 230, yeah. And I'm six eight, two seventy. So I'm like on the heavy end of Clydesdale. I might be the biggest Iron Man ever. We should Guinness book a world Whoa. record that.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh! Let's get let's get Guinness here.
1: Oh, I would actually enjoy Guinness. After the games, I would drink Guinness all the time. Speaking of games, transition game <laughs> seven. Sharks avs tonight. Wednesday. Wednesday nine p.m. Eastern time. I was just texting with the guys earlier before I came in. Which guys? Uh, Um, Jumbo Pavs, Cooch, Brendan Dillon, and Barks. I just sent them out a good luck tweet. We're on a little strain or a group. I don't know how you say. I was like, Good luck, boys. You know, keep it rolling. I want to see you guys keep going. And they were all very well receptive. Pavs seems like he's in good spirits. I hope he plays tonight. He made an appearance last, or game six, when he popped his head out and waved the towel around, so I hope he plays, but yeah, I think they're going to win. I think they've just been kind of toying with the Avs, working on their power play. They didn't want to win too quick, and tonight's tonight. I, I, ugh, it's such a back-and-forth series. You never know. Game seven, anything can anything can happen. You know? I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, Game 7 seems to be like it's, it's not about the big players making big plays. It's like it's what you said about the Bruins in the, one of the last series. It's like who's going to make the big mistake, who's going to chip in the loose puck, um, what turnover is going to happen to elites, the, the, you know, the, the odd man rush. Um, it's really any man's game. I hope the Sharks pull it off too.
1: I think they will. They have the experience. They've been there before. They actually have the best Game 7 record of all teams in all of history of hockey. I think they're 7-4. and four. Oh, wow. in all Game 7s. So they definitely have the history on their side. The guys have done it before. They'd had a Game 7 last series versus Vegas, and they had a couple of Game 7s last year on their march to the Western Conference final. So I'll be rooting for them. Hopefully when we talk next week, they'll be in the first round or the Western Conference Final. How cool would it be if if, uh, if Goody got it again? I know. I text him, like, let's be Game 7 hero again. You can come on <laughs> for another interview. I know. I hope he does. it would be so, so fun, but... If you can get any production from your fourth line, it's a bonus for sure. It's super bonus. But yeah, another game seven that just happened last night. Yeah, I was just I'm looking at it in front of me. How how often do
0: you have uh, playoffs with that many sevens? Is that quite a, quite is often? That common? Okay.
1: Yeah, especially in the second round and the third round. The teams are so even. There's uh well, what was there this year? It was Dallas, St. Louis, Sharks, Avs the Bruins, one in six six, and then mm-hmm. stinking. Uh, what other series is there? Carolina one in four. Yeah. So. Yeah, the Western Conference is going the distance, but yeah, there's usually like in the first round, there's two or three, not as many. The second round, there's a lot, usually. But yeah, there, mm,
0: yeah, three in the first,
1: two in the second. Okay, yeah, it's the most exciting game in any sport because football doesn't have it. Baseball's crazy boring, and then <laughs> basketball. Well, basketballs. I'm getting more and more into basketball by the day. It's actually very exciting. <laughs> but anyway, St. Louis, Dallas controversy a little bit with the ref kicking in the, the puck to Zuccarello for the game tying goal. But I don't know. We were talking before Pat Maroon, a guy he just loved to cheer for hometown kid from St. Louis from St. Louis, very humble scores, the game winning goal in overtime, double overtime. Was it overtime or double
2: double double overtime? Yeah.
1: His kids there comes down to the ice. Like you can't make this stuff up. It's super great.
2: And you have a little experience being a hero and having your kids there on the ice with you, don't you?
1: If you didn't know, I won the All-Star Game MVP in 2016. My kids were there. Yeah, a little but, bit. But of yeah, history. but seriously,
2: like, what's it like to you know being that that the high of that moment and have your whole family right there
1: with you? It's super gratifying because. I don't know. My kids still talk about it. It's funny. Every time I go play hockey on Sunday nights, they're like, are you bringing home a trophy tonight? I was like, no, I don't think so. But yeah. Or a new car. Yeah. Do you remember when we we went on the ice? (laughs) How fun that was? Like, yeah, it was really fun. It's just cool to experience it with them. When you're a hockey player, you have all these moments and they're very one, like they're very solo. Like it's just yours. Mm -hmm. And you, you do that growing up and you can share with your parents a little bit, but it's not the same to have your kids or even your wife, be there. It's just really neat because they are just excited as you are, which is cool, you know? And I don't know. It's really neat. It's cool to see his kid come down and be that emotional and crying. And I don't know. It's, it's gotta be pretty, pretty nice for him, especially St. Louis. They were last place January 1st, like in the basement. And I, I, I think I said, let's fire sale. Let's get rid of everybody. You
2: probably did. You did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're at your new year's resolutions for everybody.
1: Yeah. And I think I just said, let's pack it in St. Louis. Cause I always picked them my last five years. I'm like St. Louis, they're going to, they're going to win it all. They got a great team. And then the one year I don't pick them and they all of a sudden turn it around because they get this kid goalie. So good for them. I know I picked Dallas to win the series earlier on, but St. Louis really did. They showed me a lot. I didn't think they were going to have that much pressure on Bishop, like they put up how many shots last night? Over fifty. Fifty shots, like that's amazing. They, there was a stretch where they outshot Dallas. I think it was something ludicrous, like twenty-seven to three, over a seventeen-minute span.
2: Yeah, I saw a stat that like that Saint uh, Dallas only got four shots on net over the last period and mm-hmm. a half or something. Something crazy like that. It's
1: incredible that you can have that much sustained pressure, shift after shift after shift. And I don't know, maybe Dallas ran out of gas. I don't know what happened, but they had a good run. They had a, you know, a fun season back to the drawing board for them. But St. Louis and hopefully San Jose in the West final. And then like a very exciting series, the Bruins and then the Hurricanes. Wah, wah, wah. I think it's time you start showing the Hurricanes some respect, John. Never. And it's nothing personal. I just don't like Carolina. I don't like their jerseys. (laughs) I don't really know anybody on the team. And I also, I'm like Don Cherry. Don Cherry doesn't like them either. And it's just one of those things. I I just think they don't bring a wow. They do those silly cheers after the games. They're just just
2: having fun playing hockey. And right now they're playing with house money, right? No one expects them to get this far, let alone sweep the Islanders. I know. Um,
1: How upset are the Capitals right now? They're just like, oh. So if
2: you're, uh, if you're Carolina, what do you think it takes for them to beat the Bruins in a seven-game series?
1: Like you said, they're playing with house money. They're loose. They are like the loosest team yeah. of the Final Four at this point. So they're just playing their game. I wonder if they're a little too loose now. They've been, they've been off for like a week. That's, that's an issue. That'll, that'll affect them the first game. But they'll be so jacked up for that first game in Boston. A lot of these guys haven't even made the playoffs, let alone third round in Boston at the Garden, like squaring off against the big bad Bruins. It's, man, it's unbelievable. It really, I think the Bruins are one in five. Oh, God. I hope so. I know. I'm I just mean, like... Rask
2: is playing the, really the best hockey of his career right now. He's unbelievable. He's out, he outplayed Anderson in the first round, he outplayed yeah. Bobrovsky in the second round. I'm not too worried. I don't even know. Is, is Mrazik healthy or not? Mrazic,
1: did... he practiced this okay. week, yeah. so he'll probably start. But let's just talk about the Bruins. How they dodged a serious, serious bullet in game six. And I, I just, I'm a thinker, okay? I can't help it. I can't turn my brain off. I wish I could, but I'm just constantly analyzing things and just, I'm just so focused, laser focused. So when I saw the hit, Charlie McAvoy, yep, the hit on Anderson, headshot, obvious, turning point of the game, end of the second period, They're down by one. What's the call? What is it going to be? It's an obvious major. Everyone in the arena sees it. Everyone at home sees it. The refs huddle. And here's what I'm I'm watching them huddle. And I'm thinking they're going to give them a two. Because all the refs talk. They talk to the league. And they're huddling. And I know what the refs are saying. They're like, we don't want to be the refs who blew the call like the San Jose series. They can't go and watch to the replay. They don't have that luxury of, of going back and watching a penalty. I don't know if that'll be something that the owners will address where you can replay a major. I hope they don't. I, I like the human factor in this, but I know that that hit, if it was in the regular season, five minutes without a doubt. Right away, not a question. Boom, McAvoy, you're gone five minutes. Let's move on. Because of what happened with Pavelski in the previous series, those ref huddles, those refs huddled, and I guarantee maybe they weren't saying it, but they were all thinking it. We don't want to mess this up. Those refs that made that call on Pavelski, they're gone. They didn't re-up them for the next round. And the refs want to, they want to ref the Stanley Cup final. And they get grades after every game. They get grades after every series. And whoever does the best moves on. And the refs that did the Pavelski game, game seven, they're, they're gone. They're back home. And so these refs didn't want to mess it up, like I said. They just took the easy way out, two minutes, boarding, headshot. And that's changed the whole game.
2: Well, I think you're right. I mean, they're, they're playing it safe. Like I said, they don't want to be the one to decide the series one way or another. So they, they play it safe to make the two-minute call um, and really put the decision in the hands of the Department of Player Safety. You know, if there's supplemental discipline, let them handle it. We're going to call, make the call on the ice. Um, it's not an easy one to make because it was a quick bang bang play. Like McAvoy has no history. Um he's not a he's not a dirty player. He's a he's a smart young kid. He plays the game hard. Um That's what
0: I see too. There's like no like real like like if we're talking NFL, like there was no targeting.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys are completely <laughs> Larry doesn't know hockey at all, No. and Tim has a bias on Boston.
2: <laughs> listen, listen. I, there was said, a
1: complete target of the head. I don't think there was. Oh, I oh my gosh, so. you I guys! it no, over and over.
2: I say that there, He did He did make the head. Oh yeah, we did him. But one game suspension. They okay. got the. They got. I think the department got that right. I think they deserved a suspension. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know targeting the head could be a two minute. It could be minor. minor. I
1: didn't yeah. know that. Now you learned something. It can. <laughs> what that means is the legal look at it right afterwards. But he. Definitely picked his head. You could pick out 20 other hits this season that were the same, if not worse. And the guy got kicked out and suspended after the fact. Yeah. But I
2: could show you some clips from this, even from this playoffs with hits like that worse, not even a penalty, not with the
1: ref standing right in front of you. Backies took one last round. Backies. Yeah. Who's that? David Backies. It's back. learn your team. Unbelievable. I'm fired up right now. The ref was right behind Chara. He had full, full view of the play. And that's why he got a penalty. He comes across the ice with four or five seconds left. Does not even need to engage in the play. Anderson was going to, if not dump it in, chip it behind Chara. Chara had great position on him. McAvoy comes across. Anderson doesn't even see him, and he picks his head clean. He could have went through the shoulder. He could have just stick-checked him. He comes in like a bat out of hell and just picks his head clean. It was a complete headshot, and I've only seen it three or four times from three or four different angles. He does not even touch his body; he buries him in the head. Anderson falls. Luckily, look at I just—he he buries him in the head. Look at the slow motion, right on the chin, shoulder to chin. <laughs> it was a complete headshot. It's not like McAvoy had time to; he had all the time in the world to set his head up. Anderson did not make a move. He did not cut any different way. His head stayed in the, it's a textbook major hit to the head in the definition of the rule. Player makes contact with the head. There was no sudden movement. It is a definition textbook. They will use that in the year video you watch before the year, what not to do. And the Bruins dodge a bullet. If that's a five-minute major, they have four minutes and 40 seconds or whatever, 50 seconds at the start of this third period. They score four goals, and then we're into game seven.
2: <laughs> I agree. I agree with it. they did dodge a bullet. It could have been easily been a five minute major. Um, I think everyone, in, you know, in the Bruin side of things, on, on the beat, write, beat writers and everything, they they were as shocked as anyone that it wasn't going to be more. I think the, all, the uh, instant reaction was as well was okay. Charlie's going to be out for either game seven or game one of the next series if we win tonight, um, which it turned out he was. He
1: should be kicked out of the league. Oh come on, dirty player on. doesn't belong in the league. <laughs> Those type of players need to be weeded out disgusting (laughs) disgusting yeah don't like it did you see see the
2: moment between them in the handshake line after the game no boy and anderson
1: i was so disgusted by the hit i threw my channel switcher at the tv broke my tv never watched it you don't say channel switcher do you what did i just say remote yeah remote channel switcher okay
2: so (laughs) so canadian uh it's a cool there's a cool moment after the game are
1: you talking into a voice recorder right now it's a microphone (laughs) okay what is it that little black thing do. It switches the channel. What does a remote mean?
2: Think about all the time I save in my channel. Saying remote instead of channel changer.
1: It's not a channel changer, it's a channel switcher. Channel switcher. Yeah. It switches the channels.
2: This this is some good radio right I now. I okay. call and my Can new we put one a universal. Up a remote. Poll Let
1: me tweet them? it out. Okay. Let me get on my Twitter and tweet it out. Twitter poll. Someone tweet
2: it? that out. Okay.
1: Um, Larry tweeted out. Shoot, that's me, isn't it? But anyways, <laughs> I do think the Bruins would have won eventually in Game 7, but I do think Columbus got hosed, especially after the San Jose Series. Pavs came out and he said, it wasn't a penalty. We kind of you know, got lucky. So yeah. the refs have been front and center this offseason, hopefully going forward. They, they have such a hard job. I, I feel for them. They don't get replay. Everyone at home, every Sunday, Monday quarterback can sit there and go, "Oh, he missed that call. It should have been this." I'm getting so fired up at the ref didn't make the right call. He's human. I get it. He doesn't have the luxury of replays and this and that. It's one of those things too. Like maybe
2: it's a little different as a player, but as a fan or anyone else watching the game, the refs you only notice them when they're messing up. I know. You never be like, "Oh man, that guy refed a great game tonight." Like no one thinks like that.
1: I know. The best compliment you can give a ref is. Didn't even know you're out there, bud. Yeah. Good job. Anyway, so the Bruins are moving on to play Carolina. whip do. doo <laughs> We're going for a third championship in a row right now. Oh, my gosh. So what, what are the other sports? What are the
2: other sports? Uh, football, the Patriots. Okay. Red Sox won the World Series.
1: The Celtics.
2: Celtics, yeah, I don't know about that.
1: They're going to lose. Boston Bruins, is... Bruins are favored to win right now. The Cup? Yeah. By who? Jack Edwards? He's <laughs> <laughs> okay, such Jack a Edwards. homer. He's the worst. Go to war for that guy. You would? I love Jack Edwards. Oh, my gosh. He drives me. Watch any of the fights that he commentates when I fight Boston guys. He just is like, it's unbelievable. Well, yeah, you're the bad guy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really good at this. real job. McAvoy. Have you ever met him? He's a real McAvoy. No, I've never met him. He's lucky. <laughs> I would have McAvoyed him. <laughs> he's probably a Nazi sympathizer, too. Oh, my gosh. I, it wouldn't surprise me. Would not surprise me. Most guys from Boston are. (laughs) It's just how it works in that city.
2: And this is the time of the podcast where we come back to that. And I
1: love Mike's Pastries. Don't get me wrong. I love the North End and the pasta. But man. Those guys are Nazi sympathizers. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I bring that up, Tim gets so red. It's great. All right. So predictions, because we're assuming San Jose wins, right? Let's do that. That's a given. This is going to come on on Friday. San Jose wins. I'm going to see what I can do. Maybe I can get this out tomorrow.
2: If I can get it out tomorrow before I hit the road, I got you. Larry, what are you doing tonight? What would stop you from getting it out?
1: Yeah. What's the deal? Before nine o'clock Eastern time.
0: So (laughs) he's like, because
1: silence is, yeah, says a lot. I going to go for a bike ride, but you've already had two all day IPAs in you. You're not biking. (laughs) All right. So we got Carolina, Boston. We already know who Hitler Jr. is going to pick. He's going to pick Boston. I'm
2: going to, I'm going to supplement that though. If it goes to game seven,
1: Justin Williams doesn't lose game sevens,
2: right? We got to win this game, the series in six or less, which I think we easily can.
1: I'll take Bruins in five. I think they are the stronger team. I just, like, the midnight, like, it struck midnight. Carolina, like, Cinderella, she's got to take that dress off sometime. Story's over. Like, it, it was a great story, but, man, like, it's got to be, it, it has to end, right? It has to. I don't know. I mean, I'll watch this Carolina game now, finally. There you go. To see what all the hype is <laughs> about. I'm going to have to, but it's, it's, it's time. It's time the hurricanes, like, hurricanes only last, what, a couple days? Tops? Like a real life hurricane. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> I was like, what?
1: <laughs> so that'll be that. I'm taking the Bruins. Larry
0: When do they when's their game start? Th- tomorrow. Seriously tomorrow night. Okay. Thursday. But Sharks Avalanche is tonight. Sharks yes.
1: Abs is Wednesday night. Oh. We we're assuming the Sharks have won. Okay, good. And the Sharks are gonna play St. Louis. It'll probably be Friday or Saturday. Cool. Probably Saturday. In San Jose at the tank. I'm gonna take Sharks in six. My heart says the sharks. Um, my mind's telling me no, but you think, but you, my body. <laughs> Ooh, he's actually
0: canceled. We we gonna have to cut that out. Who is that? R. Kelly.
1: Oh, I didn't even know that was R. Yeah, Kelly. Yeah, He's
2: super canceled.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, he had some issues. <laughs> we'll cut that part out. Sorry, everybody. I didn't know it was R. Kelly.
2: So my heart's telling me yes. My the sharks. Tell-
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Your, your heart is telling you Sharks. Yeah,
2: my heart's telling me Sharks. Um, but after seeing, you know, they, they barely squeaked by Vegas, depending on what happens tonight, but still games, seven games to get by the Avalanche, who's a wild card team. I know anything can happen in the playoffs. And you look at what the Blues have done. They're clicking all four lines, that pressure. Um, if their goalie can just get the job done, I don't know. This is a close one. I'll, I'll go Sharks, too.
1: Well, he, he set us all up to pick the Blues, and he so. backed out at the last second. No, I'm going to go with the Sharks. Pick I'm the Blues the so we can argue. <laughs> it's so good. I, hope, I want the Sharks to win. I think they will. They're a more talented team. They got to. I love St. Louis, but I just, you know, I got to go with the Sharks. It's yeah. an emotional pick. I have an investment with the Sharks. Why is that? Because I know <laughs> everybody on the team, and I'm hoping to swing a job there next year. Okay, cool. <laughs> just somehow. I'll sell hot dogs in the grandstand. It
0: was a long winter here. You're already <laughs> moving back. <laughs> I loved living out
1: there. It was so nice. Oh, the weather was beautiful. Mountains one day, the beach the next. Ugh. It's the dream. Um, we just loved it. I had a pool. It was great. Well, not in my backyard, but the complex had a pool. When I would play places, I wouldn't live in the nice houses. I would find the nice area and then move like across the street. So I would try to rent a decent house in a dumpier area, close mm. to like the nice area. Smart, but it wasn't a dumpy area. It was a decent, but I wouldn't like break the bank <laughs> renting a house because I try. You know, I'm i I'm always thinking, analyzing. I'm trying to save money. Smart man. Yeah. What uh, what
2: teammates like, spent the most money on on really nice houses or apartments or luxury oh. condos? Well, was it always uh, the guys that had the most? money?
1: Yeah, the guys who make the most money, like. And then there's some – the young kids do. I remember when I first started up with Houston, Benoit Pouliot was the Minnesota Wilds' first-round draft pick. He got, I think, picked right after Crosby or something like that. And he got a big signing bonus, and he pulls up to camp in, like, this sweet little Nissan, like, hot rod car, and he has all the bells and whistles. I'm like, man, must be nice. And another guy pulls up in an Escalade, Danny Ehrman. He had, like, a $900,000 signing bonus. And another guy pulls up in a Navigator – Clayton Stoner and then Eric Reitz pulls up in another like sweet pickup truck. I'm like man, like this is the life. And I had no yeah, five, what were You rolling
0: up in? Did I a had
1: <laughs> a Chevy Silverado oh, with heck, a, with a cap yeah. on it, and it looked like a Hearst. And I loved it. But like I had a five thousand dollars signing bonus that after tax was like four thousand. <laughs> and I think yeah, I I just was happy to be there. But yeah, no, some guys just go insane and rent the big condo downtown. And, yeah just do it upright. I was not never that extravagant. My, my biggest purchase playing hockey, I think after my first year, I wanted to treat myself and I went out and I bought a nice watch. I was really into watches and I bought a nice tag hewer and that was it. And that was the last thing I bought. And I still have it to this day. I wear it all the time, which is another thing. Watches, my watches never have the correct time on them because they're always those self-winding watches, and I don't wear them enough to Uh-oh. keep them at the so correct like, time.
0: Yeah, like I have one nice one, and like you it, like you have to move to keep the... For those of you yeah. who can't see, Larry's moving his arms
1: <laughs> beside him like he's running in place. But yeah, no, because the new watches these days, they charge themselves. They don't have a battery. And yeah, the watch is always... Yeah, you have an Apple watch. I have a space watch. You're the man. And so the watch always says, like, 4 a.m. when it's, like, 3 in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. So that was my big purchase, and I still wear it. I'm still Every time I look at it, I'm like, huh, NHL money. <laughs> the guy's called Shodo. Shodo. When you're anyway, in the AHL, he's like, I, I want to make that Show <laughs> Shodo. Yeah. But that's it. I think we've been rambling on for too long. Bruins. Whoa. Sharks. Larry just looked at the time of the podcast.
0: We're we're looking at like 50,
1: almost an hour here. No word. My word. We're going to have to cut out every time Larry speaks. But thank you, everybody. Sorry for getting personal. Keep it hockey next time. I just, you know, get in those moods. Cheers. Thanks for uh, listening, everybody. I love you. Bye.
2: (laughs) You're looking at me when you said that.
3: (laughs) I got goosebumps. (laughs)
1: All right, so welcome to another exciting episode of Dropping the Gloves. I'm very excited for my guest today. It's Carrie Goulet, also known as The Gooch. All-time great hockey player over in Germany,
3: <laughs> I think, Gooch. Yeah. That's Where did you play said, pro? My mom said that.
1: Jersey's retired, had a great career overseas, and he came back to Canada, and he started this great charity. And it's all about preventing concussions, getting the worry, Harry does these excellent tournaments over in Australia. He's done some in England. He's done in New Zealand. And I was lucky enough to do one in 2017, the Australian tour. And I just wanted to catch up with the Gucci. He's doing a tour, 2019 Ice Hockey Classic over in Newcastle, Sydney. I think you're going to Melbourne. So I don't know. I think it's pretty interesting. Most people don't know about the charity. Hopefully they do. But if they don't, I just wanted to... Get the word out because obviously concussions is a huge issue in hockey. I've had them, everybody's had them, and it's just an issue. I don't think people are taking too serious. So I don't know, Gooch. What do you have to think? Your your new tour? Yeah. Well, How, how's it coming along? Yeah, what what kind of players will we have coming? Yeah,
3: it was great to have you. The people of Australia loved you, and uh, you're a great ambassador for the sport, of course. So and thank you for my little intro. Yeah, I had an opportunity to play hockey in Germany, and obviously suffered a couple of concussions. And when I met Keith Primo, we started uh, trying to figure out how do we deliver the message. And we got lucky doing a tour down in Australia. So this year, 2019, it's our seventh year. We've had players like yourself, Brent Burns. Of course, uh, you know, Wayne Gretzky came as an ambassador. So really what we do is we utilize the engagement of sport. We get Canada versus U.S. We build a couple of rinks because, as you know, they don't have the same capacities as they do here so we bring out ice and boards and sambonis, we build a rink, we got seats, we sell some tickets. And while we have the people being entertained by guys like yourself on the ice, we're able to talk a little bit about concussions. It's not a heavy push just letting them know listen the cause effect and cause of the injury and you got to be able to understand where to go and get properly diagnosed and of course uh being able to be managed so the ice hockey classic this year is called up close and personal we're going in smaller venues we're right in the middle of darling harbour in sydney with the o'brien ice house in melbourne and we're really excited about uh, this year's tour
1: yeah it sounds i had so much fun when i did that tour i brought the whole family carrie was nice enough to bring me my wife all my kids and it was absolutely beautiful but what what a trek to get down to australia like what a trip yeah i
3: know and what's crazy about that is that i think you've added a few kids since that time too haven't you
1: i've added one more yeah we've, we've got five now. that's unbelievable wonderful so why australia what drew you to australia
3: well you know obviously aussie rule football and and, uh nrl uh, uh national rugby league john you know that concussions don't know age status uh gender uh activity skill level size or borders so when we, when Keith and I got involved in this, obviously Keith Primo, uh, you know, 15 year veteran in the National Hockey League, he suffered a career ending injury. I didn't, my career wasn't ended. It was kind of go, you know, uh, put a, a stop in it and I, I got back to play afterwards, but we realized that um, we need to uh, expand our our understanding of this as athletes. We we're having an issue, and we realized that we were part of the problem because, you know, we were, as we grew up, and you're probably in that same uh, phase, you know, we were taught suck it up when it all costs, play through the pain. If it ain't broke, you played, pop a needle, here you go out and play. Because we didn't want to let our teammates down, didn't want to let our parents down, who drove us to practice, our coaches, the fans. So we realized that we need to get the message out there. And I got a phone call back in 2010 when we just started Stop Concussion from a guy named Craig Douglas in a little town called Lincoln, New Zealand. And he was a promoter. That's all he did. And he promoted American sports down in you know down under. And he said, I would love to bring an ice hockey game down to uh, New Zealand. Um, would you consider that? And he said, you know, we're going to do it in Christchurch and in Dunedin and in Auckland. And I looked on a map, I really didn't know much about New Zealand. I said, hey, it sounds like a great idea. So they flew me down there, we met, fell in love with the concept, had our first uh, announcement, and we sold out all three venues within a week. And so we knew we had something special, because down in New Zealand and Australia, they love, you know, sport, but they also love that rough and tough. uh, They think we're crazy, because we got you know, go around on blades of steel. But as you saw down there, Scott, how crazy, or John, how crazy are they, you know, running with no one? Well, it's
1: just wild. Yeah. You don't even have to hit the person. You skate as hard as you can and you run into the boards and the fans just go ballistic. They, they, it's so funny. They love, they want you to fight every game. They want you to hit hard. And it was just, it's just a great, great, great tour. I think you've done an unreal job. I know when we went, we were treated first class, all the way the kids loved it we got to like hang out with koala bears and kangaroos yep. and do all the stuff you want to do in australia mm-hmm. and the guys were treated like gold i don't know how it hard it is to wrangle like because i i was with my wife and kids and i know some guys go and they're single they're 20 is it hard to wrangle the players or are they pretty they're pretty responsible because i know we have a couple off days there yeah. and they they go out and see and stuff and how hard is it to wrangle these these kids well it's
3: been you know it's been really good you know out of a tour like this Again, you guys are donating your time and you're coming to help us promote the game. And, you know, obviously we're growing the game and we're getting kids to, to look at the game differently than, you know, being a rugby player. Hey, listen, I can get some skates. So that's one part of it. But most importantly, we've, we've been very fortunate that we've only had to send one guy back out of the seven years that we've done it. And so I, you know, hockey players are really respectful. Um, you know, we give them the rules. Listen. You know, be respectful to the names of the people that are going over there. You know, you're representing Canada, U.S. It's not Team Canada or Team USA. It's Canada and, and, and USA. And you're representing that. You're representing hockey, uh, and you're representing Keith Primo, myself, and a bunch of great ambassadors. So we've had absolutely no issues. We want them to go over there. All we ask is come and entertain the crowd, show the skill, the speed, the score of the game, and then, you know, once the games are over, just like you do here, go off and enjoy. Whether you want to go out to the bar and have some fun there, or you want to go out, you know, to Bondi Beach and surf, or you want to go, you know, see the opera house. Or go, as you say, see a koala bear and a kangaroo. We want them to experience the culture. So for them giving us their time and playing for us, we then give them an opportunity to go and do some things that they maybe never had the opportunity to do. So no, it has not been difficult to get players. And we've been very lucky that the players respected the opportunity.
1: I know. And that's why I jumped at it. The first time I heard about it was from Burnsie Brent Burns. He pulled me aside <laughs> right. and he's like, listen, what did you do? And I, we were just talking about our summer and what we did last year. And he's like, yeah, I took the whole family to Australia. I did this great hockey tour. It was unbelievable. I went for two weeks and we went here, here and here. And that just piqued my interest. And then he gave me your info and I went the next year because it sounded so great. And it blew me away and my expectations were super high yeah. and it's just awesome to see the the type of players you're bringing in. Like when I went, it was me, it was um, Nolan Yankman and a couple of NH crack. No, like there's yeah, legit NHL guys there. there. Bernsey Wayne Gretzky was there. It was, it was a super, super great event. Yeah. And I think it's great what you're doing it for stopping concussions and the brain injury, Australia. I know it's growing the game in Australia leaps and bounds. I always hear about, I get contacted by people from Australia still to this day. I yep. remember when you were in Australia, it was so great. Yep. So I don't know, Gooch, good for you. Any, what website should we reach out if we want to, you know, learn more about this? Yeah.
3: Well, obviously on Facebook, uh, just uh, Google stop concussions. Uh, it, it's ice hockey, dot au. Um, and, you know, just by Googling, uh, anything that's got to do with ice hockey Australia, you'll get there. And in closing on that, obviously, John, you, you played a big role. Bernsey was fantastic obviously uh, coming out and, and helping us. You mentioned Wayne Gretzky. But what's important is that we have all types of players, anybody from the East Coast League, from SPHL, all the way up to the National Hockey League. You know, we brought a couple of retired players like uh, Scott Hannon and and Bryce Salvador. Uh, you know, Brandon Bullock's coming this year, won a Stanley Cup with Chicago. So we've been really blessed with great, great players. So listen, which this year will be the first time, John, it's actually going to be live streamed. Uh, So if you go on StopConcussions.com, there'll be a link there. You can watch these games and you'll find out on StopConcussions.com all about it. And please uh, help support, make a little donation or or just get involved in any way. And most importantly, uh, we're here to to protect. We're not here to judge uh, anybody when when it comes to concussions. So if you have any doubts, if your young daughter, your young son, you as a player, your wife, your daughter, it does not matter please uh, make sure you take the time to understand the injury. If your kids are playing or you're playing sport, you do need to take this very serious because as you know, John, it, it's not just life altering. it can also change lives forever. So,
1: Oh, it's a scary injury and you're doing a great thing, Carrie. And I appreciate you being on. I think it's an important topic. People need to talk about even more so than they do now. So I hope to join you one of these years for it. another tour. I'd love to get down there. I want to come to New Zealand. You're doing it. Definitely. So, I'll I'll be there as soon as we stop having kids. um, So maybe in 10 years, we'll be there. (laughs) Next year,
3: 2020. Take a a time out for that and come play some hockey with us again,
1: John. All right, Gooch. Thank you, my friend. Have a good one. We'll see you.